0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in your home. My name's Adam Brooker. Um, I'm from Matthews, North Carolina. I graduated high school in 2010, ended up going to NC State for a year, dropped out, joined the Army for five years. I was an infantryman in the 82nd Airborne Division, spent time overseas. Smartphones didn't come out until I think it was ninth or 10th grade Um, video games weren't what they were today I mean I had like a James Bond game but you would just play a level and then it was done you know it was like okay well I'll just play this level over and over again like no that gets boring but that's why they engineered the games to be super addictive now and so I would you know go outside and play hockey in the cul-de-sac I would go play football in people's backyards we'd go and play baseball we'd go ride our bikes to the pool it was probably i was probably it was middle school maybe 14 13 or 14 there was this game called guild wars that all my friends were playing and um before that it was just i just played neopets a little bit which people probably don't even know what that is anymore it's just a little browser video game because they didn't really have the stuff that they have today and um but yeah, it was it was a social thing, how it started out. I started playing Guild Wars, which is an MMO and with my friends and we would run around and do the game stuff together. Uh, MMO is a massively multiplayer online game, so that's gonna be things like World of Warcraft. Um, I don't even know what the games are anymore, honestly, but <laughs> World of Warcraft like Guild Wars obviously was one. Um, those are more like the the big world kind of games that you i don't know there there's a lot to those games usually and you can really get lost in them as i as that progressed i moved in so we moved from guild wars and we would play call of duty and stuff like that and whenever we would have sleepovers even like you know, all the way through high school we would just like bring our TVs over to whoever's house and we would just all play like call of duty together and it was just like But we did, and um, and so then when, and then eventually I started playing World of Warcraft, and we were playing that together. We moved from Guild Wars to World of Warcraft because it was like a better game. Um, But as it developed, as I continued playing, it was, you know, like I said, it started out as a social thing, but it slowly just kind of became just what I did. It was just my thing. A lot of people think that their kids are learning things from video games and i guess in a way you could say i kind of did but not really so what happened was um my parents even got like a router that uh like had password whatever on it and they could block all gaming traffic um so my games didn't work anymore and it was really good it wasn't even like just the website blocking it was like my the programs on my computer that were games wouldn't connect to the internet anymore. So literally what I did was imagine. So I'm not connect. I can't connect to my world. So I'm freaking out. And so I literally went on the internet and spent a couple days. I legitimately like hacked the router, not like. And it's not like I found the password written down somewhere. I learned how to use a program called Hydra, and I downloaded RockYou, which is a text file of every single hacked password. And it's just a conglomerate of a bunch of different passwords. There's like I think there were 14 million passwords in it when I used it, and I ran a dictionary attack on the router, and I found what it was. It was add1ct1on for addiction. And my parents didn't weren't super password savvy, so I didn't have to do the same thing on the they use the same password for the the like There are two passwords so it was one to log into the router and one to log into the parental controls and they were both the same password so um yeah I just I legitimately like taught myself how to hack a router if I had physical access to it and um but yeah so I guess you could say video games motivated me to learn something but I didn't learn anything from the video game you know that was me going out and learning whatever, so that I could get back to the video game. You know, the video game is what motivated me to do that because instead of playing the video game 10 hours a day, I spent 10 hours a day learning how to use this Hydra program so that I could get back to the video games. And it was like, because again, it's like just the, the mo. it was just the motivator. And But it's not really a motivator for anything other than to get you back to it as soon as possible. And uh, when I went to college, nothing changed because nothing changes unless you change it. So that's just what I continued to do in college. And I didn't really, I was on a kind of an off-campus dorm. So I didn't have the freshman kind of experience of everyone just walks down the hall and your doors are all open or whatever. It was basically just like a renovated motel. So I didn't really have a social foundation built when I started going to college. Um, eventually my mom got me a room at this other dorm that was closer to campus and that was a little bit better. But so the first semester went okay. The second semester is when things started getting really bad because the first semester I showed up and I was like, okay, you know, I got to put my head down and really get after this college thing. But I specifically remember a day when I was just sitting there, it was in the first couple weeks, and I was just like, I just have like so much free time, like I don't even know what to do with all this free time, so I just did what I had been doing, you know, so, which was playing video games, and as the first semester went on and I kind of realized that the college thing wasn't quite as difficult as I thought it was going to be, then I had Kind of allowed myself to play more video games because I was like, I can, you know, get A's and B's and still play World of Warcraft pretty much like all day. I just go to my classes, do the homework, and then play World of Warcraft and study for the tests, whatever. Um, so going into the second semester, as I was playing more and more, um, it started becoming a bigger and bigger issue. Um, I ended up not go I just like kind of stopped going to two of my classes and I only had two more classes after that my calculus and my psychology class um and I ended up obviously failing those two classes and it was like there was one week where I just like didn't even leave my building like the I didn't even have to the chow hall or the whatever you call the dining facility or whatever was up at the top floor and um so I didn't even have to leave, and I didn't, I, like, there was just a week where I just, like, didn't go to class, I just stayed in my room and played video games, and I, like, kind of hated it, honestly, I was, like, kind of upset with myself, but it was just, like, I mean, you know, I didn't, I couldn't just, like, not do it, because I was addicted, you know, it's all the signs, you know, I had to hide it, I had to, I was feeling bad, I was feeling sorry for myself, I couldn't do anything, obviously, I, stayed in my room for a whole week and didn't even leave like I mean it's just so after that second semester so my first year of college I went back home and I was just you know that week obviously I was depressed and I didn't really you know like it was just like shell shock almost because I knew that something was wrong and the World of Warcraft game I even told my mom that you know it did something to me and I'd haven't played it since, you know, since then, really. And, um, but I still, you know, kind of played video games a little bit because it was still just like my thing that I did. I was just kind of tired of going to school. You know, I'd been in school for 13 straight years. It's like just a little wearing on you. And it's not like I was like sitting there that summer. Like, oh, what am I going to do with my life? Oh, I guess I'll join the military. I mean, I considered joining it in high school. At least, you know, I thought about it. I was in ROTC my first semester of college, even. Yeah, I think that the military really was that 14 weeks of no anything is really, you know, what helped me. In the military, even after basic training, I think it was probably helpful that I was still. I mean, you know, the military, is like you you don't really own your own life anymore. Um, I mean, realistically, you just don't. And uh, so, you know, I was working like average day. I'd be at work at 530 in the morning and I'd get off at, you know, six at night. So I used to I usually go to bed around like 830 or nine o'clock because I need my sleep, you know, I need my beauty sleep. And uh, so I mean that leaves me not a whole lot of time to do it anyways and it was really just I guess just a sense of purpose um, I started reading more I just found other things to do that were more you know related to what I was doing all day you know so I would hang out with my friends in my platoon I would but I did a lot of reading I did a lot of independent study um, on like economics and stuff like that um, for businesses and uh, it was just yeah it was just I just found a purpose or it wasn't even really a purpose that I found I would just say I came back to the real world I mean that's the best way that I can describe it as it really is like you got to try to understand like to people that are addicted to video games like the real world isn't the real world I'm trying to get like help people understand that it it really truly is a different reality everything else in the real world is dull it doesn't it it doesn't nothing can just just nothing can measure up to the video games and the real world because again it's it's a drug of course nothing can measure up to it there's just, there's there's nothing that you can do. There's no instrument you can learn. There's no, I mean, everything takes time in the real world. And there, people want the the quick fix. You know, that's just society today. Everyone wants everything quick. They want everything now. They want the new car now. You know, they'll go into debt for it. They'll, they want the get rich quick, whatever. They want to do, they want a lot of results for no work. And that's what video games offer you. You know, I mean, you you put in work or whatever, but it's not work because you enjo- it's like it's you're getting high off of it. It's just a drug, you know, and there's a, I'm just saying you enjoy it. But I mean, you can enjoy your job, but it's totally different. Your job doesn't make the rest of the world uninteresting to you. It's just a slow kind of change over time. It's like the frog getting boiled. What happens is like your reality shifts. And what happens is it more turns into like the game is playing you instead of you playing the game because the game is your new world and everything outside of the game is fake because, and it's just like a pain to have to go like, oh my gosh, I have to go eat, you know, like I can't believe that I have to like get, leave my world and go do something else in this other Whatever dull world that doesn't give me the massive dopamine hits that the video game does. Cause that's really what it is. I mean, there's, n- there's, there's nothing that exists that's natural that's going to give you that level of dopamine because it's a drug. Like, that's what people, I think, don't really realize. Like, heroin doesn't make you high. Your brain makes you high. You know, it just either excites or inhibits certain things in your brain. I mean, your brain has all the stuff in it to make you high so i mean that's just what it is it's just a it's a it's a drug addiction you know when it gets to the point where you're spending like 200 hours a month playing video games and it's like afterwards like one of the things that i would think about a lot was like you know how much time did i spend in world of warcraft like it wasn't measured in hours like you type in slash played and it would measure it in days and i had like 300-something days of playtime, so 300-whatever times 24, that many hours, and just thinking about what I could have done with that time that would, you know, have progressed me in the real world further. Because after you're done with it, then you're done, and it's gone, and then there's nothing to show for it. Even if you just switch a game, it's all gone. You know, all that time is just electrons sitting on a server somewhere. As you're getting these dopamine hits over time... Your subconsciousness legitimately believes that the video game is good because it's like, oh, you're progressing, you know, you're, you're getting better, you're making progress. And it's because it's like, it's like every 10 minutes is a new progression thing. And you can't get that in real life. You know, that's not going to happen. You're not going to make advances even in a week. Nothing really measurable. It takes months to build something. It's like your, your brain loses sense of what's real and what isn't real because Your limbic system, you can't control it. It's your subconsciousness. It's that's why you will Get angry. It's something and logically you're thinking like I shouldn't be angry. Like why am I feeling this way? It's because you know, it's it's just it's just it just it's just a primal system. It is what it is and what happens is your subconscious mind does not understand what is real and what isn't real it just it just soaks in stimulus and it outputs whatever chemicals you know the dopamine or the you know whatever to either inhibit to be like yes that is to either be like no that's good or that's bad no that's bad don't do that or yes that's good keep doing that and that's what happens is your your brain literally thinks your subconscious brain thinks that the video game is where you're making the progression it thinks that that's where you're being productive because again it just takes the stimulus what's the stimulus okay the stimulus is progression it is productivity but it's not real it's not real progression it's not real productivity and that and your brain doesn't know the difference it, it just it just doesn't like that's why visualization is so great because you're if you visualize yourself doing something over and over then it'll get easier to do because your your subconsciousness doesn't understand the difference between something actually happening and you imagining something happening. What happens is when you're playing the game, you think that it's your again, it's your subconsciousness doesn't understand that it's not real. So if you're playing the game. And someone comes around the corner and is shooting at you and you're running away then you start getting adrenaline like it's happening in real life because again it's your subconsciousness doesn't know what's real and what's fake so it's just like oh, we're in danger dump the adrenaline and cortisol and what that does is well first off it pulls blood out of your brain that's why you have an argument with someone and you got the adrenaline pumping and then like afterwards you're like, why did I say that? That was really stupid. You dump adrenaline into your body, and it puts energy into your muscles. It uses your energy reserves and your quick energy reserves, and shoots them into your muscles, and so that lowers your bro- your blood sugar because it's taking that quick energy, the blood, the sugar, and it's putting them like straight into your muscles because your muscles need to go because you're about to die is what your your body thinks. So, so yeah, you you know you'd have your like, candy down there or whatever, and I would eat the candy just to <laughs> to keep my adrenaline going, basically. And so when you're playing these video games like Call of Duty or Fortnite, or I guess is the new one now, there's, I know in Call of Duty, there's, like, so you've got, it's called a lobby of, like, however many 10 players or something like that, and um, at the end of the game, you know, it lists everyone's scores, and you're like, oh, you know, I beat all these people and, you know, I was the top of my team and we won. So that feels good, you know, because we won. And it's just like it's a way to measure your performance. Again, that's that thing where that's why it becomes your reality because your brain thinks that, you know, that's where you're succeeding. That's where you're progressing. Um, and these games nowadays, they always have some kind of Progress like long-term progression now there's always something that you're like building towards and it never kind of ends and there's These little loops where you Play the game so that you can get the better gear so that you can play the next part of the game So you can get the better gear so you can play the next part of the game and it just kind of never stops And you're literally playing the game so that you can play the game They use that that male need for dominance. And then that's where, like, you know, you start getting the violent video games and the shooting video games like Call of Duty. And you're you're kill there's killing someone is very dominant. That's probably the most dominance you can have over a person. So there's that kind of mixed in again with the competitive thing, the leaderboards, the the ranks or whatever your your competitive matchmaking rank. Um, you can measure it up and be like, oh, well, your friend is only whatever and you're higher than them You're like, oh, I'm better than them because I'm have a better video game skill or something. Not only are they Shooting people all day, but they're also associating all of that dopamine with it They're associating the feeling the feel-good feelings with shooting people because the more people you kill the higher your score is and the better you feel. And so, I mean, it's just kind of a mental association. You get, you start to associate shooting people with feeling good, and I'm not saying that your kid's gonna go shoot up a school or anything, but I will say that it, it definitely dulls their, um, I guess their, what's the word that I'm looking for? Just the the value of life and their empathy you know you play violent video games enough and suddenly you're you're starting to be mean to other people for no reason you're snapping at people you're and it and it moves out you just you continue to want to be dominant over other people so if there's like some kind of conversation then someone says something wrong or whatever then you jump down their throat because they mispronounced a word because you just have to dominate Whatever, you have to be superior to people because that's where you get your sense of self worth is by either dragging other people down or just doing whatever you can to get above them. And it's just, it's not conducive to, a, you know, a healthy environment. Another thing that you have to consider is. I'm not 100% positive on this because I don't even have a newer gaming system or whatever, but I'm pretty sure that the new like Xboxes and PlayStations have web browsers on them. Um, so even if your kid doesn't have a smartphone, which I'm sure your kid probably does, or, or a laptop or something like that, they can still get to the internet. And so you know, pornography is out there and it's readily accessible. I mean, you can watch softcore porn on YouTube. Uh, you just type in a nude model shoot it's art and so it can be on youtube like 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 completely full frontal naked women um there's no like sex or anything but it's there and it's very easily accessible and if you you know if your kid has a laptop then it's even more so in a smartphone like you might as well just forget about it at that point if your kid's got a smartphone i don't care if they're six years old they've seen porn like i'm sorry if it's a boy like Like I know the women don't understand the power of of that kind of stuff, but I mean the just ask your husband about it. You know, it's if they just ask them if they had a smartphone when they were little kids, what they would have been doing with it. It wouldn't have been the Sears catalog, you know, Um, because if you give them something where that's accessible at their fingertips, and and don't think for one second that you can control it, because your kids are gonna Google it. All you have to do is boot your computer in network, say, in safe mode, safe networking mode, and you get around all the firewalls. Like, that's all you have to do. You don't have sound, but it's, it's a pretty, it's an okay trade-off, you know? So, it's, they think, if you think that you've got your parental controls set, like, there's no perfect parental controls. Like, there's methods around everything. Um, and your kid, knows what they are too because their friends know what they are and they all tell each other what they are so that they can get around it you know nowadays there's this technology everywhere and it's this brand new thing that people don't really understand and know how to control yet and it's just it's just a lot for people and at this point kind of it's kind of unfortunate but it's more of damage control as far as the pornography is concerned because Everyone gives their kids a smartphone, gives them complete unfettered access to the Internet. I mean, what do you think that they're going to do? I mean, I remember when I was, you know, 10 years old and I went or 11 or whatever and went over to my friend's house and there was like a Playboy magazine or whatever. And that was my first thing. But there had to be a magazine. I could have gotten on the Internet, on the dial up, whatever, but I didn't have something in my pocket that I could Literally just pull out whenever I wanted to and pull it up. And it's that's that's what you're giving them I mean, you got to consider all the angles like if you need to call them just give them a flip phone If you need to text them, just give them a flip phone But what you're doing when you're giving them a smartphone is giving them unfettered access to the internet And if that's what you want for your child, then you've got to accept everything that comes with that and yeah, obviously if you spend more time on the computer, you're gonna do more things on the computer um, and for the mothers who have never been a teenage boy that don't understand the hormones that are going on like look i'm sorry like your your kids just looking at porn i mean it's just it's just what they do if they're on the computer then they're probably doing it more the more they're on the computer i mean it's just it shouldn't be that difficult to really understand the more time they're on the computer the more time they have to do it and i'd say even It gets worse as you get older because not only do you get addicted to it, but it's also, you know, if you're playing video games all the time, then you're probably not going to have a girlfriend. There's not going to be any physical intimacy. I'm not even saying like having sex with your girlfriend, even just, you know, kissing or hugging or touching just that physical intimacy. And it becomes a serious problem for some people, I think, where. They really are trying to fill that void, but what they're using to fill it with isn't good. It's just destroying more instead of filling. And so then you start getting these vicious cycles. And honestly, if you want your 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 kid to not look at porn so much, just look up porn-induced erectile dysfunction and tell them about the dangers of that, because that's obviously something that no one wants. And it's not just the video games. It's also Instagram and Facebook and all those things. And, yeah, I get people – some people, you just waste time on Facebook looking at funny cat videos or something. Like, I get that. But a lot of people, they get – that becomes their reality. That becomes their social structure and their social system. And then – so now suddenly – If you don't get 100 likes on your picture, now your sense of self-worth takes a hit. Because in in today's society, people are basically programmed to get their sense of self-worth from other people. You know, that starts really early nowadays, especially with all the technology that's available with all the, the media and stuff. It's like if people don't like you you know then it's it's not good but it's it's the same exact thing it's the likes give you the dopamine because you're like oh yeah like people approve of whatever my my picture and you know it's a really big problem people don't understand instagram is what's called people use instagram as a honey pot and what they'll do is these pedophiles will go and you guys are seeing on the news now it's starting to come out all these pedophiles are getting arrested and it's real, and they're there, and that's one of the things I learned, kind of on deployment. It's one thing when, you know, you see war stuff on TV, but you don't understand it's real until like you 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 see it, it's re- until it's real, you know. So people are like, they know that pedophiles are out there, but they're like, oh, you know, my little my little daughter never whatever. But yeah, I mean, they people use Instagram as a honeypot, and these little girls are so susceptible to engineering to getting socially engineered by these people. I mean a fully grown male can study psychology and know how to engineer and it's so easy today with the with the social media stuff because they get it gets ingrained into their psyche that they need someone else's acceptance. They need someone else's approval to to thrive to 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 be worthy of themselves. And what happens is people will go on things like Instagram and they'll follow these girls for a little bit and they'll talk to them and they'll, oh, you look nice today or whatever. And then they're like, oh, I like this person. And then it just goes and goes. And the next thing you know, there's a 14-year-old dot your daughter's taking her clothes off in the closet for some basement diaper-wearing dweller. You know, it's like, this is real life. Like this happens, this happens to people. So from a parent's perspective, if you think there might, be a problem with your child, the first thing that I would recommend if you don't if you if you legitimately do not know if it's a problem, like there's one thing denial's one thing, but if you if you seriously don't know, while they're playing their Xbox or whatever, just go up to it and unplug it from the wall and tell them to go outside and then just gauge how normal the reaction is. If they're like, oh okay, yeah I'll go shoot some hoops or whatever, like that's a normal reaction if they're doing the the screeching and the you know the uh, from the underworld and your neighbors are calling the police because they think you're bleeding out a pig in your backyard or something that's a problem and you're going to have to consider what the long-term effects of this are what happens is people you know it's you didn't you didn't get to where you are today just overnight It was a conglomerate of things. It was difficult decisions that you had to make. It was intentional personal growth. It was intentional discipline development. You had to hold a job down and stuff like that. And a lot of people, they like to compartmentalize things. That's why when you walk into a new room, the brain likes to compartmentalize things. So you walk into a new room and you're like, oh, why am I in here? It's because your brain switched over to a different compartment and you forgot the reason you went in there. And a lot of people today, since the path in society is like so regimented today. You know, you go to school, go to high school, go to college, get a job. Like that's what you do. So people think that, I feel like a lot of parents nowadays think that their kids will just grow up on their own when they go to college. Once they turn 18, you know, their head will pop off the pillow and they'll be an adult and they'll be like, hello mother, good morning, on the morning of their 18th birthday because they're an adult now. Like I would love to meet the parents that, Think that because I'd I'd love to meet people that that happened to. I got to figure that out because building good habits takes time. And if your kid is just playing video games like I was, what are they going to do? They're just going to it's just what they're going to do. There's if there's the you know, people don't just change for no reason. If they enjoy playing the video games a lot and they're addicted to it when they go off to college, that's what they're going to do. I mean, it's really not. It shouldn't be a stretch of the imagination to understand that, you know, they just move location. It's not like they're a different person. So, those, you kind of have to consider like the long term effects. And it's like, okay, so what do I do? Well, realistically, your children need you to be a strong leader. They need you to lead them. You, I feel like I haven't raised any kids, but one of the things that I've heard that's been very interesting for me to consider is that sometimes people raise children instead of raising adults. You know, you have to raise an adult. You know, the idea of childhood isn't even 200 years old. It used to be, yeah, once you're like, 10 years old you're working in the factory to help your family and i'm not saying that we should have child labor but i am saying that your child is capable of a lot more than you might think you can teach them things you can you know help them understand things and help them grow up and that's kind of your job and in the military as a team leader if i wanted to be nice to my my guys all the time because i'm i'm I I wasn't like the bulldog team leader that was just mean all the time because our unit was hard enough. I mean, it was just, it was rough. I didn't want my dudes to just hate their lives, but at the same time, there has to be strong leadership because there's a time for, you know, chilling out and having fun, but there's also a time to get things done. If I didn't take them out into the quad and do gun drills like no one wants to do that in the middle of summer when it's 95 degrees outside in a full kit but if I don't do it they're gonna die you know and if you don't teach your children if you don't prepare them for adulthood I mean it's their life yeah sure they're not gonna get shot at and they're not gonna you know potentially die if they don't have the training but I mean it's still their life it's really not that different because if you don't have a life like if you just play video games all the time and it's it's kind of almost the same thing because you know there's just nothing happening because if you look at what you're doing like your physical level of activity when you're playing a video game you literally might as well just be sitting there staring at the wall and again it's that's what video games are it's just it's just empty entertainment but it's not totally empty like watching a football game or watching you know, TV show or whatever because interact is interactive and it's addictive. And that's why it's so dangerous. Like you can entertain yourself, but why does it have to be 10 hours of video games? Why can't it be, you know, reading a fantasy novel? Why can't it be, you know, watching the football game? And so people are just like entertaining themselves to death. How to know when you have a problem or if your child has a problem. Like I said earlier, the best way, in my opinion, the best method is the turn off and go outside and then watch method. Um, moms, I would be very I would take a shield with you for that one. You know, growing up, I had friends that were, you know, more athletic generally, and they would, and we'd still play video games and stuff, but after about like an hour or so, they would get bored and want to go outside and play basketball. And that was fine. I would go outside and we'd play basketball. But for me personally, I was more predisposed to just playing the video games. So if, if it becomes, You know, if you don't get bored of it, then you're at risk, I would say, for addiction. If you, if you can, if you can just sit and play video games for hours, because some people just like can't do that. Some people just can't sit and play for that long. Then you're, you're predisposed though, if you're even able to do that. And if you spend time thinking about it, if it becomes, again, it's just the whole thing back to that's your reality when you're in the real world then if you're just thinking about like oh like how could I be more efficient for my game like what do I need to do next oh I need to go gather herbs so I can do whatever make these potions and then we can do our raid tonight or whatever and um, if that's like what you're thinking about because that's your existence like then you probably have a problem if it's just all of your thoughts are just about the video game and you just everything that you do is you do it so that you can go back and play the video game. That's where you know that you have a problem. One of the things that parents have asked me before is like, what are the best ways to get my kid to stop playing video games? And I, and I always tell them, I say the best way is cold turkey. It's just absolutely the best way. And they're always they're always usually the moms you know, it's the mom's job to be nice and they want their kids to feel good. And it's I'm not saying I'm not knocking that. I mean, that is absolutely necessary for the development of a mentally stable human being. But it can kind of turn into that weak leadership to where, you know, they'll they'll be like, well, what if I just limit it, limit it to an hour a day? Or two hours a day. Okay, well, first of all, do you really want that chore? You know, do you want to track your kid's time? Do you want to keep track of all that stuff? And then if you forget and they're on it for the whole day and you forgot that they were even up there playing it because you're on your Facebook, you know? And the other thing is if they continue to play it every day, then it's a habit at that point as well. So not only do you have, like, the actual physical dopamine dependency, but it also becomes a psychological dependency because it's a habit. And, you know, that's why that's, that's kind of one of the differences between video games and TV shows. Like people will binge watch TV shows, but I don't think that you can really get addicted to TV shows the way that you get addicted to video games. It becomes more of a psychological dependency and a habit than an actual chemical thing that you need. And another thing that parents will talk to me about on top of getting them to stop is, you know, there's there there's a little bit of trying to justify it. You know, so they'll they'll talk about some of the real world applications. A lot of people think, and I touched on it earlier, a lot of people think that their their kids will just absorb programming knowledge from playing video games. I have no idea where that idea comes from. It, it doesn't make any sense. That doesn't happen. Your kid's not gonna learn anything from a video game. Like, they just aren't. I'm sorry, they just, they're not. Like, even, like, oh, well they learn military tactics. Like, no, no they don't. Like, one of the things that we always had to tell the new guys is like, this ain't Call of Duty, you know? And another thing that you've gotta consider is Okay, yes, there have been studies that show that when you play video games, you get better hand-eye coordination and you get better reaction times or whatever. But you, but is video games really the most effective method of doing that? Really? Is that like what you're going to use to justify it? You think that you, do you, do you really believe that, you, do you want your child to spend two, three thousand hours on a video game so that they can cut five milliseconds off their reaction time and maybe be a little bit better hand-eye coordinated but still can't throw a baseball you know because it's it's just the video game coordination you know it's not like playing a sport you know what are other things that you could do to improve that play sports for ten hours and suddenly your hand-eye coordination is the same as two thousand hours of video games yes there is a social aspect to it you can have your friends on the video games and you can communicate with them and you can make friends that you never meet in real life and it's cool it's an interesting idea but if that's all your social interaction is like you're gonna fail i'm sorry you just are you cannot succeed in life with no social skills unless you're just some ridiculous like rain man day trader who never leaves his house but do you want that you know do you want that for your children i mean you got to really consider the outcomes of this stuff. Because again, the things that you learned as a kid, you might not really be able to reconcile how you learned them because for you, you don't remember, you just, and since you don't remember, you just, your your brain just kind of thinks that you automatically knew how to do that stuff, but you didn't. You had to practice it, you know, instead of hiding behind your parent's leg, your parent, get out there, you know, like go talk to that adult, look him in the eye. You know, people don't do that anymore. They're like, oh, it's okay, little kid, you know, when you stay, I can't keep you safe and you can go sit on your beanbag and play video games all day. You know, the world's not a scary place. I'm like, get out of here. You know, the world is a scary place. You need to know things. You need to be aware of your surroundings. You're really just setting them up for failure if you're, if you're not making them do this stuff like you have to be the teacher you have to teach them how to be a person human beings are still animals if if you cage leave someone in a cage their whole life they're not going to know anything you know you have to teach them no one naturally just knows how to do things usually like social skills you have to do them consistently it's everything it's life skills you know i mean they aren't they sure as heck aren't teaching it in school you know i have all these all these joes i would get getting cars from around fort bragg at 17 percent apr and they don't even know that that's bad you know how I'm, I'm i'm like sitting there and i'm like oh my gosh like what okay so first off how did you not research this and second off how did your parents never tell you how to do finances how did they never teach you how to balance a checkbook how to manage your credit cards how to what interest rates are and how they compound and when you have to pay them and what the pros and cons are and how to leverage certain things and how certain things aren't investments. They're just sunk costs like a brand new car or something like that. And it's just and if people don't know that, then they don't know it. You got to learn it at some point. And if your parents aren't going to teach you, who's going to do it? Do you think a, do you think a 16 year old is like, Oh man, I, you know, what, I should really go look up mortgage rates and how those work and what the difference is between a fixed and an adjustable. What really does the fed's interest rate mean for the economy? You know, they're not going to do that. I had kids that didn't know how to sweep. Like these privates show up and they don't even know how to sweep. It's like, are you kidding me right now? Like, where, where what did you, did you just pop into existence? It's mind boggling because parents just, think that they will automatically know how to do these things without ever having done them because the parents don't remember learning them is what it is. So there's not the connection between oh, I have to teach them. I have to take time out of my day and specifically teach them like when to use hot, when to use warm and when to use cold for the clothes washer and stuff like that. Like they no one is just no one just knows that. Look, your kids want to spend time with you. They they want someone to help them stop playing these video games, I think, and do something real. Like, I bet if, if you know, you have a trampoline, like the mom, if you went and said, like, let's go jump on the trampoline, I'm sure that they'd be out there in a second because your kids love you, you know, but what's happening nowadays is parents are using iPads and video games as surrogate parents. Infants are literally developing attachments. Their, their brain literally thinks that the iPad is their mother and if you take the ipad away it's it's the same thing they have separation anxiety and it's just this you're going to i'm sorry like i don't mean to be like rude or anything and but you're just going to you have to be a parent like the child is your responsibility like you had a child now you have to raise it you can't just stick the stick them in front of the TV or the iPad and the Xbox so that you can go look at Facebook all day you know maybe you're also addicted too. consider that you know look at yourself a little bit you know are you addicted are you addicted to your cell phone you know do you use your computer as a tool for specific tasks or is that just your natural state you're like oh I don't know what I'm gonna do so I'm just gonna go browse Facebook it takes a village to raise a child and when all the parents are on Facebook just letting their kids play video games, then I mean I'm sorry you just you just get kids like we have today. I mean I, I don't get political with stuff like this, but there's there's a lot of nonsense with kids nowadays. There no one respects anything anymore. There's no respect for anyone. There's no respect for anything. They're not taught to respect anything. So they, they're they just selfish and they just care about themselves and their feelings and they expect other people. That's the other thing. They like expect other people to care about them in general and to care specifically about their feelings. Like it's wrong, you know, like you got to manage that on your own. Like, I'm sorry. And it's just it's creating kind of this absentee society where there's just like these kids kind of raised themselves on the video games and on random internet boards and stuff like that and if if they go back to the real world then of course they're of course it's like bland to them and they want to they can't they just can't handle it you know of course like what what do you expect if you if you make a child used to an extremely high level of stimulus and then stick them and just like some boring normal environment i mean what do you think is going to happen they're just keyed up all the time it's just their natural state now until you break the habit i hope you have all enjoyed listening today please remember to subscribe rate and share our podcast with your friends and head over to our website to learn more about our screen strong challenge and make sure you join our screen strong families facebook group where we help families just like you navigate their way around the best solutions to get their kids back and re-engage in the real world and in your family remember we have your back and we are here to help you so until next time stand up for your kids stand out from the crowd and stay strong.